0: Listen up, rodeo fans across the territory. Turn up 880 Friday evening between 5 and 6 bells for KRVN this evening for the TRU Top 5 Countdown. Monty James here with weekly rodeo news, standings, and shenanigans. Presented by V-Bar Trailer Sales. Broken Bow,
1: Nebraska. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots of things to look at in this market today. Of course, really we're wrapping up the last full trading week of 2019, which is, I don't know about you, but hard to believe. We're going to talk a little bit about charts today, corn, soybeans, along with the wheat. Also talk uh, what we're going to see, what's the support, what's that next level. And the expert that we're joining us today is Brian Split. Brian is with agmarket.net. And first time joining us here on the Fontenelle Final Bell. So thanks, For for taking some time to talk to us and lots of things to look at as we get ready to wrap up 2019.
0: You're right, Susan, and thanks for having me. Um, you know, we've got a uh, low volume period right now as we get into the end of the calendar year. Uh, for example, we re- only traded 68,692 contracts of March corn today, so... Just not a lot of interest, and uh, I think this is probably the, uh, one of the lower-volume days I've seen for this contract since it's been the front month uh, after the December contract uh, left the board.
1: As you look at these markets, and I know that you're, you said that it comes to charts, you're, you're an expert in that regard and like to talk charts. Let's look at what we're seeing for the corn charts right now as we get ready to wrap up this year, head into next year, knowing that we've got some levels that are set, and many wonder, can we go higher?
0: right so right now i think uh... one thing to point out is that uh... today and uh... the previous three days we have been interacting with the one hundred day moving average on the corn chart and this is for the march contract and um, the march contract has not settled above the one hundred day moving average since august ninth that was the day before the august WASDI report uh... where we were limit down on the report so this is a very important area for this market. Uh, we've retraced about half of the break from the October highs to the lows that we made right at the beginning of the month. And if the market can get through the 100-day moving average in this 50% level, uh, I would expect to see some additional short covering on low volume as we get into the end of the month and the end of the, the, the calendar year. Um, next target would probably be your 62% retracement mark. That's at 396 and a quarter. But I do think that uh, if we can get through 390, the March corn contract is likely to try to test where the December contract made its fall high. That was made in the month of October, and that price point was 402 and a half. Conversely, uh, this market needs to hold 384 and three quarters in order to be uh, considered holding support. We had made highs on December second and December third, the first two trading days of the month, at 384 and three quarters. We broke through that at the beginning of the week and had a low yesterday of 85. So as long as the market is holding that, uh, you could almost say that this market is forming what uh, would be considered a bull flag or a bull pennant. And uh, a move through the 390 and a half level would be a resumption of the current uptrend.
1: What are you going to see? I know we've got a, a January 10th report, so that's got to be starting to factor in as well into these corn prices. Can we expect any surprises knowing that there's a lot of on-farm field storage going on right now?
0: there's been a lot of debate on uh, how the USDA will handle the grain that is still in the field and uh, you cannot really apply a yield to that because you don't really know what it is so uh, our opinion is that the USDA will survey uh, to see what was harvested in those particular areas apply the yield on the harvested grain to the bushels that are still in the field right or wrong now I think we could all agree that the crop that's still in the field is likely to have a different yield than what has been harvested uh, which by the time we get it out of the field will be months prior Um, but there's also the argument that uh, the crop will be allowed to dry out naturally in the field which should help test weight Um, but this report has several different reports all in one so the USDA will be talking about a assessment of the yield on a national average uh we'll get a look at what they're using for the uh planted and harvested acres which is still something that's up for dispute um, we will be getting uh reassessment on the demand in the three major sectors being your uh your, your ethanol your exports your feed residual and there's also a quarterly stock report here for the grain so uh, the way this all works is the quarterly stock report will be the amount of grain that's on hand as of December 1st. And we talked about how there's still a lot out in the field. So what will happen is your September 1st quarterly stock report tells us what is carried in from last year's harvest. Then this report will give us the yield and the harvest acres, which is our total production number. So that total production number plus the carry-in from last year's harvest is the total amount of bushels that we're working with the december first stocks will imply the first quarter demand um, and then with that implication of the first quarter demand the usda will then go in and revise the categories for demand uh... it would we would expect that they should lower the corn for export based on the pace that we're seeing right now although we have seen the last couple weeks uh... improve our our export demand and we had a a nice number yesterday one point seven um, million metric tons of of corn was sold for the previous week so we are closing that gap and we need to see that continue
1: we're going to continue to see a lot of pressure in that regard as we so we work through things with china and know that our export numbers haven't been where we normally are at this time of year
0: so that's something where the usda may uh... reduce that export number just to have to raise it down the road and we'll see what happens as we get into twenty twenty but um we believe that the amount of exportable supply out of south america uh... is running low Um we've seen argentina uh... raise the export tax on corn and and a few other products recently uh... we think that brazil is running low on exportable supply so our opinion is that we will see the u.s. exports uh... be a little bit more active as we get into twenty twenty but we're gonna have to keep a very close eye on on weather in south america in general
1: Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more to talk about. We're going to look at the bean charts. Also, some interesting USDA reports that aren't in the near future, but will have an effect on this trade. More is coming up. It's the Fontanel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontanel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Brian Slick continues to talk to us. He's with AgMarket.net. First half, we kind of looked at what was happening in the corn charts. I wanted to look at the soybeans as you look at these charts and, and dealing with first notice days and, and some of the other issues, obviously the January 10th report as well and, and support levels. What are we going to see for these beans to carry us over into 2020?
0: So right now it appears that the uh, soybean contract in, in January is still front month. Uh, We will be seeing first notice day for the January contract uh, a week from this upcoming Monday. So uh, January 29th is the last day that you can be in that contract on the long side. Uh, If you are um, long at the close, you do run the risk of being delivered on. But um, something to be mindful of, it it looks similarly in, in the soybean contract here that we are also consolidating here after a good run higher. Similar to corn, it looks like a little bit of a bull flag forming. If we can get through this week's highs of 9.31, then the January contract looks like it has opened up the door to retest test resistance up around 9.42 to 9.43. Uh, we've got some previous highs that were made back in June of 9.59, and also the high that was made in October of 9.59 and a half, so the way it looks to me is we are in one massive sideways trading range roughly that 9.59 level is the upper end of the range. And the lows are down in the uh, the upper 8.60s to low 8.70s. Uh, we made a low at 8.67 and a half early December. And we made some lows at 8.68 in August, uh, 8.66 in late August, and 8.65 in early September. So just a massive 90-cent trading range. And uh, hopefully we've got about another 30 cents to go before we get to the upper end of the range.
1: Well, Brian, as you look at these markets, uh, how much of the buy the rumor, sell the fact is going to be worked into what we see, not only in this last couple of weeks, but into the January 10th report and beyond?
0: Anytime the market makes a substantial move in front of a report, I'm always wary of that buy the rumor, sell the fact setup. Uh, I think that we have that potential setup on both corn and soybeans as we get into this report that's January 10th. And so something that would concern me about corn specifically is that uh, if we continue to see short covering coming into this report especially if we're back up into that 4 to 410 zone for March uh, 402 was the high that December corn made back in in October so that would be our fall high 411 and three quarters was the high that the March contract made uh, back in October so somewhere in that zone I think we're going to be finding resistance and so my concern would be that if we rally into that report and the USDA gives us some information that maybe is friendly, but not friendly enough to make that next leg higher. The next thing that we're going to be focusing on moving forward is two things. Uh, number one, the expiration of the March contract is going to be coming up about a month and a half after this January report. And something that we saw on both the, uh, the September and the December contracts is that the markets were near their lows, Going into first notice day and into the delivery time frame for the contract. So, if we don't have anything that's ex- exceedingly bullish to make the market break out to the upside, I think it's very likely that as we get into the time frame where those contracts are going to expire, uh, we're going to be back towards the lower end. And if you think about the mechanics of why that is, there's always a lot of basis contracts where basis is set for a certain delivery time frame, but the futures price isn't set. So, as we see the market start to fall back down. We're seeing producers reluctant to make sales and then they get to a point where they either have to make the sale or they have to roll that basis contract out to another month. Um, The other thing that we're going to be concerned about is the potential implications of the acreage report that we're going to get at the end of March. And right now it looks like we could be planting four to five million acres above the expectations for the planting that we had for this crop year. And so if we do plant 94 to 95 million acres of corn, and the USDA applies a trend line yield to that, which they will on the May WASDE report, we're going to see a potential carryout to start the year could be around 2.75 billion bushels and so even if the this crop year sees a reduction in, in the supply uh, by even 250 million bushels which is, is possible, next year you're still going to be looking at a, a potential 2.5 billion bushel carryout and that's going to keep in my opinion a wet blanket over old crop rallies unless we have a problem this summer
1: it's crazy to be talking about planning intentions report the way this last year was happening
0: you have to be planning ahead Uh, right now you've got the december 20 corn contract at about 401 and three quarters is where we settled today And i think producers need to kind of take a step back and remember the way the market was trading before we had all of the planting issues this past spring
1: What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Brian?
0: Well, I do have uh, some social media presence. Uh, You can check me out at uh, BJSplit on Twitter. Uh, And if you want to talk to myself or any of the partners at agmarket.net, our phone number is 844-4AG-MARKET. So that's 844-424-6758. If you'd like to speak to me directly, my phone number is 815 665 0463.
1: All right, sounds good. Thanks so much. Brian Split joining us today. Just a reminder commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Check it out as a podcast dot ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe. That's your Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.